0: Hey guys, it's me, it's Billy Bunzari, and you are listening to OMG with Billy Bunzari. I don't know why I said that so, like, cheesy. Um, What's the fucking quack, guys? How is everyone? I'm so happy to be back on my bullshit. And today we are gonna be talking Priscilla, the movie. Sophia Coppola's, I think it's her seventh movie. And um, we're also gonna be talking Jennifer Lopez's new visual album, which is absolutely the most bizarre thing to come out of this week previous. Like, I really cannot get my head around it. it hasn't been released yet, but the trailer has. So we're gonna be talking a lot about that. We're also gonna be talking the salt burn after burn, the Amy Winehouse biopic, Ariana Grande's new single, and a very special anniversary for Britney Spears. Let's oh, fucking baby,
1: baby. Go. I shouldn't have let you go.
0: So guys, it's been a little while. Um, I've been having a very, a very chilled January. Like, I'm not going to say I've been having a dry January. It's actually been quite wet. Um, But I haven't really been necessarily full Anna Nicole Smith. I've been chilling let's just say that i really have been low-key i did get the january blues really bad and i was horizontal for the past like three weeks but that meant lots of like shitty reality shows and i reignited my love with one two three movies (laughs) guys can we talk about one two three movies like truly 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 amazing stuff i actually watched priscilla the other night on one two three movies I am all about one, two, three movies. Yeah, no, I had an absolute ball. Like Christmas was amazing. I know it feels like a long time ago now. Christmas was absolutely gorgeous, like Cuckoo Bananas. I played some really, really nice gigs. Yeah, I just had a ball. I was out with my friends, just doing the whole bit. And I like, I love Christmas because I feel like all year round, I'm on like 200% like Cuckoo Bananas, not well hotel, high vibrations. And I feel like every year in December, everyone else kind of comes up to meet me there and it's amazing (laughs) you know what I mean even just like too much of everything it's just everything everywhere all at once and I'm always like that so I love when the vibes are matched yeah I definitely wasn't like that in January but here we are it's a new year it's a new month and yeah i'm just really excited to get back into the podcast groove and guys as well thanks so much for all the love on the saltburn episode because people really seem to fuck with that now i know obviously people just loved the movie which obviously i adored but yeah people really really loved that episode and i had lots of like lols in my dms with the girlies so yeah thanks for all the love also, New Year's Eve, the ritual at Slaying Castle. Can we take a second for how gorgeous that was? I don't know if anyone saw my stories. Um, it was honestly, cuckoo bananas, next level glamour, over the top, too much. Slaying Castle, they gave me a sweet, it was absolutely gorgeous. It was like something from a movie. It was like, dare I say, Salzburg, Too much. Too much. But yeah, I'm ready for like a new energy, a new year new vibes oh my god the hack you can put it up <laughs> the lighting is good <laughs> so guys we need to talk priscilla 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 i did watch it on one two three movies and guys honestly it was an absolutely stunning quality because like i haven't used that website in so long you know when you're like a kid like it's like your dream website you can like watch anything you're delighted but obviously now we are in the era of streaming and all those different fucking. What are they called streaming websites nice. yeah but they're not sites they're like apps mm. <laughs> streaming, platforms. streaming platforms we're in the era of streaming platforms and guys honestly like i don't really fuck with streaming platforms like netflix like if you think like name think of one good thing that's on netflix crickets okay. fucking crickets guys this is terrible and ample Diary. i know you listen to this podcast <laughs> and i love you more than anything but guys right after christmas my mom was like, Billy, there's this new show that we have to watch. All the girlies and work are talking about it. It's the most amazing show ever. It's like a thriller. Joanna Lumley is in it. That's like That was my hook. Joanna Lumley in it. It's amazing. It's like a murder mystery. It's supposed to be the best thing you'll ever see in your life. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. <laughs> so we put on Netflix and literally like, I think the first six seconds there was like a background scene it was this girl it's michelle keegan who is married to mark Wright of the only way is essex she was kind of like an it girl for a little while but i don't know she's kind of i think she's pretty low-key she's pretty quiet and she's absolutely stunning but um basically like five seconds into the first episode there's like a scene and it's like her and like her husband and they're like slow dancing at a wedding i think and i looked at the background like the lighting of the background of the shot and i was like this is gonna be awful. I just knew by like that scene, I was like, this is gonna be an absolute mess. But my mom was so excited to watch it and I really was like, I really want this to be our thing. You know, like every night we'll watch one episode and it'll be gorge. So, I think I got about three episodes in and I just had to be like, Mom, i I'm sorry, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. And I've never seen someone's heartbreak as much. But I just could not sit through it anymore. I really couldn't do it. So that to me is what Netflix represents. It's just, I don't know, I just think it's really ruined television. And like, I'm not going to get too into it because we're not supposed to be talking about Netflix on this episode. But like, think about like film, like cinema, like years ago, like film four. Like those kind of movies, you know, like you're you're a kid, you stay up to like, you stay up at like two o'clock in the morning and some random movie comes on channel four or E4 or like one of those kind of like, you know, not RT one or two. And like, it's like you get this amazing, like just the difference between cinema then and cinema now. Everything is just like streaming, homogenized, Caucasian, heterosexual, boring, like bring back the madness. Anyway, like I said, we're not here to talk about Netflix. We are here to talk about Priscilla. So Priscilla is written, directed, and produced by Sofia Coppola. So Sofia Coppola is Francis Ford, Coppola's daughter? Daughter? Do you know what she did? Your cunting daughter? So guys, remember I talked on the Saltburn episode about Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Everyone knows who he is. If you don't, he's a really, really esteemed, revered, successful amazing film director godfather etc and she is also an esteemed director but definitely kind of controversial i would say because a lot of people think her work is absolute dirt and a lot of people absolutely adore it she's definitely kind of like a marmite director i absolutely adore her work but what i will say about all of her films with the exception of the virgin suicides which is just an amazing film in general i would say her movies are best watched on mute you get me they're visual works of art she came out with priscilla which was released just before christmas just after christmas kind of globally and which stars nate jacobs aka what was his name what was it oh my god my favorite movie of all time i don't know the character's name oh felix in saltburn and elvis in this movie jacob alordi who we absolutely adore now i do do i adore i do adore like i'm not absolutely weak at the knees But, like, I do adore him. But he plays Elvis in this film alongside Kaylee Spaney, who plays Priscilla. I definitely don't think I said that right. I have my thoughts. Okay, is it absolutely gorgeous? Absolutely. Like, it really is. And this is coming from someone who watched it on a dodgy link on my laptop. It really is gorgeous. Like, it's stunning. Visually, it's absolutely stunning. And that's what Sophia is known for. I think that's kind of where it stops and ends for me. It's kind of like... Now, there's no spoilers in this episode because, like, there's no real storyline. It's kind of boy meets girl stuff. We all know the story of Priscilla Presley and Elvis Presley. They were together. They got married. They separated. He died. <laughs> but it's just definitely, a, like, a visual movie. Like I said, I feel like all her films are best watched on mute. So, basically, the background on Sophia is she's kind of like the original Napo baby, I would say. I have no problem with Nepo babies. Like, I think it's a good thing. I think it's worse to be a child of someone who's like really rich, famous, well-connected, and not have used that to your advantage. Like, you know the way there's like a third Osborne sibling? Like, there's Kelly, Jack, and Amy. Like, what the fuck is Amy doing? Do you know what I mean? She just chose not to go on the show all those years ago. It's like I think that's terrible. I'd much rather someone just be like, This is who like this is who my family are, this is what I was born into, and I am gonna make some fucking money anyway. She is kind of the original Nepo baby like I said, she interned at Chanel. She studied painting at the Art Centre of College and Design and she went on to make a short film in 1998 titled Lick the Star. And that was kind of when all of her passions came together because she loved film, she loved photography, she loved art, she was a very social person, she loved music. And that was kind of when it all came together. So that was kind of when she said, you know, I am going to make films like my father. From there, her first work was The Virgin Suicides, which is a novel which is a film based on a novel by Jeffrey Eugenides, And that came out in 1999. Um, she wrote the screenplay for that. And she wrote and directed it. And it also stars a 16-year-old Kirsten Dunst. Guys, honestly, from this episode, maybe don't even watch Priscilla. But if you are going to go and watch a movie, definitely watch The Virgin Suicides. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And like I said, Sofia Coppola's films are best consumed on mute like you know like those kind of movies it's like you're having someone over you might be smoking something gorgeous you might be having some stunning sex put one of sophia coppola's movies on and do your bits around that you don't have to be intently watching you can even just be like doing whatever you're doing it's that kind of a, a vibe from sophia i think um except for the virgin Suicide, which is an absolutely stunning film it's just like dreamlike and kind of scary harrowing gorgeous funny sweet it's a coming-of-age film for sure it's just feminine and gorgeous and hazy and dreamlike anyway back to priscilla back to sophia should i say she then went on to write direct and produced lost in translation in 2003 which famously stars bill murray and scarlett johansson that's an absolutely gorgeous film as well i think it's one of her best i just remember that film was everywhere remember that film and let's talk about sex I remember they were everywhere when I was a kid. Like, these are like the good old days of like budget for films. Like, it was just huge. Anyway, um, that's another favourite of mine. She actually won an Oscar for that, for Best Original Screenplay. She then went on to write the screenplay for, produce and direct 2006's Marie Antoinette. Which takes a leaf out of Baz Luhrmann's book. Because it's kind of like, here's an accurate story told accurately. Like a historical story told accurately, but like set in the present time. You know, that kind of way. I know, like, people are, like, mad about this film. Again, I think it's absolutely gorgeous, but it goes nowhere. Like, it's best watched on mute. I know James Cav absolutely adores that movie. It really is. It's a cult classic. So, people love Marie Antoinette. I think it's good. I don't know. It's very Sophia Coppola. That's all I'd say. It's visual. It is stunning. Her next picture from that was 2010 somewhere. And then from there, she did the bling ring. Guys, honestly, the, bri- the bring ring. The bling ring feels like a really bad edible trip. Like, it had such potential. So, if anyone can remember, back in, like, 2010, 11, I think it was, there was break-ins at large all across L.A. in the hills. Amanda Bynes was targeted. Lindsay Lohan was targeted. Misha Barton was targeted. Who else was targeted? All the, like, anyone who was on the scene, Lindsay Lohan, all those kind of girlies, anyone who was running around L.A. between Ladoo, and Hyde and the Chateau Marmont, they were targeted because a lot of them had very weak security systems in their houses. And just kind of the way those homes are kind of built and laid out in the hills, they're just kind of scattered randomly. So there was just like this pack of teenagers who ran around burglarizing the rich and the famous and like stealing millions and millions of dollars worth of like jewelry, clothes, art, the works. But they got away for so long because A lot of these celebrities, they didn't even realize that they were being broken into because they were like rarely in their homes or they just had so much shit in general. Paris Hilton was famously one of the kind of big targets and she just didn't realize for months because she just had so much stuff. Um, Alexis Nyers famously led the pack and if anyone has any free time today I implore you to google Alexis Nyers she's an absolute icon she's a legend she is the moment she's had her history she's had her past E he commissioned a reality series called the pretty I think it was called the pretty wild and it was about kind of her and her family and her friends and this was kind of all around the time of the burglaries and the break-ins And it was widely speculated that it was this group, but nothing was kind of pinned on them yet. And yeah, if you can watch a few episodes of that online, I definitely would because it's fascinating. Because like halfway through the series, it comes out that it was them. They're basically charged for these break-ins. And in the meantime, the girlies develop um, a black tar heroin addiction. So lols all around. Alexis is now sober and she's found God and she's guested on like a million podcasts. And there are multiple interviews. So I definitely would check out Alexis Nyers and The Bling Ring. But like just such rich, funny, scary, gorgeous material there to work with. And when I heard Sophia, Sophia Coppola was directing a film based on The, the Ring, essentially, I was like, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be gorgeous. Guys, honestly, it's the worst film you will ever see in your life. Do not watch it. It stars... What's the girl who played, what's the girl who played Hermione Granger? She's a little pox. Emma, Emma Watson. Oh, violent, 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 violent. Emma Watson plays Alexis Nyers. Really bad casting, just a really bad movie. So after that, I kind of gave up on Sophia. I was like, Do you know what? She's actually dushed. Obviously then when I heard she was directing a movie based on Priscilla Presley's 1985 memoir, Elvis and me, my ears sprung up, gorgeous subject matter. gorgeous time the 1950s the 1960s the 1970s the hair the music the heartthrob himself i just thought oh my god this is going to be gorgeous and really guys it is gorgeous now does it go nowhere yeah like it is it's boy meets girl boy meets 14 year old girl by the way by the way priscilla presley was 14 when she met elvis and like in the film basically it's like this guy she was an army brat she was working in germany and They met each other while Elvis was serving his time in the US army and he was deployed to Germany. Is that the word deployed? Do you hear me, deployed? Amazing stuff by Billy Bonsari. Anyway, he was deployed to Germany and she was in Germany with her dad. Obviously he was in the army. She was an army brat and she was kind of like, I don't know what the word you would say. She was kind of like scouted by one of Elvis's friends and asked, you know, oh, do you want to kind of come and hang out with us? And basically in her words in the book, it was all very above board. And nothing weird happened until far after they were married. But I just thought that was a bit of a funny one. Anyway, it's gorgeous. And it is quite sad. But it really kind of just didn't do anything for me. Like it really is one of those movies that you just leave on in the background. The acting is amazing. So basically the girl who played Priscilla, her name is... Kaylee Spaney I haven't seen her in anything before like I really haven't she played she did an amazing job she did an amazing job I don't think she's ever going to win an Oscar for her portrayal but like she does a lot of eye acting you really kind of feel the sense of like loneliness that Priscilla felt when she was cooped up in Graceland basically just the way it was was like Elvis had his kind of his crew of boys you know like all of his boys from his hometown and their wives but they're all in their like 20s. Priscilla arrives as this like 15-year-old girl. She's in school, like it's really weird like they have to put her in like a Catholic school in Memphis, miles away from her family while she lives there and it's it's all just very strange. So she's definitely kind of always feeling like an outsider while she's there. But I do have to say I do think her and Elvis really did love each other. It was just obviously a really really funny setup. So she's there with the wives and the girlfriends of all Elvis's cronies essentially, and she's only a child. And I think that's the kind of whole premise of the film is just isolation and love. And that does come across really, really well. And I think it's acted really, really well by Casey. But I do think that's kind of all there is in the movie. Jacob Alordi plays Elvis, as I said. Now, guys, can we talk about Jacob Alordi? His height. Okay, so he's six foot five. Now, to me, that is absolutely stunning. That's all I want in a man. Anyone over five, anyone over six, two, perfect, gorgeous. Amazing. But guys, Elvis very famously was not six foot five. Oh my god, fuck off. 1.82 meters. Am I supposed to convert that in my mind? Do you know that? 1.82 meters. What's this? What kind of a metric system is this? Elvis height in feet. So Elvis was six foot. Jacob had already is six foot five. Like, guys, honestly, he's not a believable Elvis. Like, he's absolutely gorgeous. And Sophia Coppola said like about the casting she was like basically I just wanted someone who could kind of capture that heartthrob charismatic gorgeous energy and I definitely think Jacob Elordi has that and he does play Elvis really really well he has that kind of drawl the voice the mannerisms but just the physicality of it all it doesn't match like the Priscilla in this film you're one Casey right so she's five foot one and Jacob alordi's six foot five So it just feels really, really weird on screen. Like in a lot of scenes, he's like standing behind a car door or like behind a table or it's just like a close up of their face. So it does kind of read a bit funny on screen. Having said that, he is an amazing Elvis because he does get that. He like he has that kind of charismatic, lovable thing about him. And also I was screaming. So there's, there's a scene in the film where basically and obviously it's all like the film is based on her memoir. So this is all true. But she kind of, Elvis is kind of captured as this person who kind of is like constantly looking for more outside of his self, outside of his physicality, outside of his friends and family, like spiritually. He kind of goes on these journeys. Now, that's obviously true. But like, I wouldn't have had Elvis down for like a spiritually intellectual person. I hate saying this, but like, in my mind, Elvis just was a bit of a big gorgeous tick, you know, like. I don't really, I'd never really thought that he had that much going on in his head. I never got the impression that he was, like, searching for spirituality. But there is a scene in the film where Elvis is on set. Or he's in the house. He used to have these gorgeous parties. Now, guys, I have to say, the cinematography in the film is absolutely gorgeous. Like it's 1950s, 1960s, what more could you want? Like it really is fab. And they used to have these parties and it was just Elvis and all of his friends. He was definitely one of those guys who was like, you know, I'm after making some money, I'm taking all of my peeps to the top. So they're all in the house, they're all having a kiki. And in one of the scenes, there's this guy, a hairdresser, and he's like, I did Elvis's hair on in the last shoot. And Elvis is like smitten with this guy. Like he loves this guy. He introduces this guy, total like, Hairdresser, gorge, like hippy dippy, like just one of those like Palm Springs, nineteen sixties, long hair, just gorgeous gays. And Elvis is like obsessed with this gay guy, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Like he's been teaching me about spirituality, and it's like not to read into something that's not there. But I'm like, they were deaf having sex. Anyway, the best part about the whole movie for me was the cinematography, the costumes the makeup, just the style of it all. I think the worst thing about the film was Jacob Bellardi being 19,000 feet tall. He just doesn't even look like Elvis. He doesn't feel like Elvis. You know the kind of way. Elvis had a bit of weight on his face. Jacob Bellardi, he just physically, it just didn't really match. His accent was amazing. The music as well. Interestingly enough, Elvis's estate basically denied the rights to his back catalogue. that means they couldn't use any Elvis music in the film. And before she died, Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, came out and kind of bashed the film. She was like, it's not an accurate portrayal of my dad. Um, Even though, obviously, Priscilla worked really, really closely with Sofia Coppola on the movie. She was an executive producer. It was based on her autobiography. Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie, didn't think so. So there was trouble there. So they didn't give Sofia Coppola the rights to his work essentially so it's kind of a funny one because you would love to have some elvis music in there because like a lot of his like mid to down tempo songs like they're just so romantic and gorgeous and the film is so romantic and gorgeous so that's a bit of a shame the penultimate scene of the movie the song that they use is i will always love you by dolly parton which is absolutely gorgeous it really is a gorgeous song and it's kind of like that country kind of it just really suits the vibe but also it's kind of like oh i would have loved in like can't help falling in love like that would have been so gorgeous she's like basically she's leaving graceland she's carl i'm gonna fuck this microphone at your face she's leaving graceland for the last time it's really sad because they really did love each other but like you meet someone when she's a child you're not going to grow together you know the kind of way she's going to become a woman and become a woman she did priscilla presley went on to fucking slay she became like a really kind of like a camp comedic actress we all know priscilla like she's still alive today She had her trials and tribulations with plastic surgery. But she's an icon. She's an absolute icon. Anyway, in the penultimate scene of the film, she's leaving Graceland in her car. She's done. It's the 70s. Her hair is different. She's become a woman. She's done jujitsu, my loves. Okay. She is over the fucking, the crap that Elvis was giving her. And it is gorgeous. But I really would have loved, like, Can't Help Falling in Love. Or, like, one of those gorgeous, cooey kind of Elvis songs. So I just thought that was really, really interesting. I think it definitely would have been better had the Elvis's music been involved. So costumes, I would say 10 out of 10. Like, honestly, the clothes are impeccable. It's just such a fun era to play with. Makeup, 10 out of 10. Hair, 10 out of 10. Cinematography, visuals, 10 out of 10. Oh, my God. I think I like this movie way more than I thought the acting is amazing like it actually is really really good acting like I say the high thing is a bit of a funny one with Jacob Elordi but that's the only real thing that I would say isn't great about the movie like I know there's not much of a story it's boy meets girl falls in love struggles to get along they do love each other it doesn't really work out socially they have a baby she leaves like there's not much going on and they kind of touch on domestic abuse, but not really. Obviously, there's a lot of drugs. Elvis was very famously addicted to prescription meds, as kind of everyone in America is, I feel. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so it kind of touches on that, his struggles with drugs. The story doesn't go anywhere, really. But it is a true story, I suppose. So I'm going to say, just in terms of like the plot, the story, I would say like an 8 out of 10. So I suppose altogether, it's not really, it is a good movie i'm kind of just discovering now it is a good movie maybe like i said watching on you invite a hottie over suck some dick have a ball on the couch that kind of movie anyway enough about movies i feel like we're always talking about movies on this podcast oh my god guys guess what i'm about to talk about next another film and then after that it's another film oh my god what the hell billy bundari movie fucking extraordinaire film critic I don't even get invited to the premieres anymore. Okay, guys, we'll fly through this one, but it is a funny one, because, like, it's only really a, a, a teaser came out. It's not even... Well, it is a trailer. It's a full-length trailer. It's not a teaser. It's a trailer. Basically, this week, Jennifer Lopez's new project, which is called This Is Me Then... No. This Is Me Now, A Love Story, was released this week, and it's set to be released in fall on February 16th, which is Valentine's Day. Is that Valentine's Day? Oh, anyway, (laughs) set to be released in February on Prime. So basically her album, which was titled This Is Me Then, was released in 2002. So I suppose she's kind of playing on that. It's an anniversary, like 20x whatever years later. And she's releasing a visual album forward slash motion picture forward slash... I don't know, like narrative manifesto in February. And guys, honestly, it looks like the most cuckoo bananas thing I've ever seen. It's her like playing all these different characters. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes because it really has to be seen to be believed. But it looks absolutely fucking mental. Okay, guys. So this is from Wikipedia. I have never claimed to be, you know, the pinnacle of journalism, movie critiquing anything like that so i am going to be open i did pull this from wikipedia but honestly just just listen to this and see what you think yourself this is me now is set to be released on february 16 2024 and will be accompanied by an amazon prime exclusive narrative musical filmed titled this is me now a love story It was directed by Dave Myers and was inspired... Now, Dave Myers is an amazing music video director. Like, C-A-N-P. Also, B-U-D-G-E-T. Budget, my love. The good old days. Anyway. And was inspired by the album featuring an intimate, fantastical, and narrative-driven reflection of Jennifer Lopez's journey to find love. Like, what? It's basically, like, her playing all these different characters, like... She's like a sex she's like a sex addict a steel worker a fucking GI Jane it's just bizarre anyway it goes on to say and was described by Yahoo News as an ode to Jennifer Lopez's journey of self-healing and everlasting belief in fairy tale endings Lopez's husband actor Ben Affleck features in some of the scenes Now, that's kind of an interesting one because basically when she put out her original album titled This is me then in 2002 that was like peak benefit. Running around, amazingness. Like, don't be filled by the rocks that I've got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. You know, that music video when she's like running around and they're on the yacht. Uh, oh my God. The scandal of it all. Ben was so hot. He's still so hot. And like, there's something about Ben Affleck because like, she said that he was the best fuck she's ever had in her life. She said he was the greatest lover she's ever had. And like, the girlies always seem to be mad about him when they're with him. So like, I know he's like, comes across as like, really moany and toxic and always like yawning and just like not here for the buzz he never looks like the most joyful fellow but you know the sex is amazing so guys you're sitting there thinking billy i still don't know what the fuck you're talking about but guys to be honest neither do i just watch the trailer it looks absolutely cuckoo bananas i'm here for it though i'm not really a fan of jennifer lopez it's like i can't think of any gay that is like a jennifer lopez stan and that's worrying like even christina aguilera rob kenny stands her you know that kind of way like i can't think of one single homosexual in dublin who's a massive j-lo stan like who goes to her concert i think it's just like bob and betty beer can like i think when she does like a i know she's like really successful in vegas she has like a a residency and stuff like i know those tickets are sold out but like i think she's just like a general kind of pop star that people are like oh j-lo is on like let's go to see her do you know that kind of way now, I do love, like, the JLo album. Love Don't Cost a Thing. Play. I love play. Play by Jennifer Lopez. I play that sometimes. It's one of the best songs ever. Does feature vocals by Ashanti on the chorus, as a lot of her songs did in her early career. Before Ashanti came out, basically, Ashanti was, like, on all the choruses of the J-Lo songs. She would... Yeah, she would sing, like, the verses and the bridges. But she never sang the choruses because she doesn't have that, like, high-pitched voice. I don't know whatever the word is. Because um, a lot of people say, basically, that Jennifer Lopez is an industry plant. I don't know. She started off as a dancer. Really, really talented dancer. She famously played Selena. That was her first big break Um, in the 90s. She w- then went on to get a record deal. Tommy Matolo, who managed Mariah Carey, kind of brought her under his wing. And they obviously famously had a feud from then on. Jennifer and Mariah. I don't know is she an in industry plant, but I don't know if she's the most artistic, you know, like she doesn't seem to write her songs. She didn't record a lot of vocals on her own work in the early part of her career. I don't know. I think she's gorgeous. Like she's absolutely gorgeous. But I don't know if that's kind of it really. Like she does have bangers, don't get me wrong. But I definitely do think it's like, you know, she has a good team around her, good people writing her songs, good people producing her music. And amazing hair, makeup and styling. And she is that kind of tacky vibe. Like, that's kind of her look. She's kind of hoochie. But she is absolutely stunning. And guys as well, Hustlers, that was fucking amazing. That was her Sistine Chapel. Like, that was her best ever work. But I don't know. She kind of conflicts me because she's not really... I don't know. I don't feel like she just... I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know who her audience is, you know? And she does have a Netflix documentary... When she did the Super Bowl that time with Shakira. And she brought out a documentary after basically trying to, you know, be Madonna in truth or there, Like trying to make herself out to be the most artistic, involved, you know, ear to the ground. Like my career is everything. I'm an artist. But it's like, you're not really. Anyway, she came off really bad in the documentary. She doesn't really come across as likable. She doesn't really have a relationship with her mother. There was some kind of scenes I was like, oh, you're actually a bit of a bitch. Anyway, go and watch the trailer. I'll definitely be talking about the project when it is released in February. It looks fucking mental. Oh my God, guys, guess what we're talking about next? Another film. And this is the last, I promise. And then next week, we're not going to talk about any movies. I don't care if Barry Keoghan comes out with a fucking gay sex tape. We are not talking about it. On the podcast. Okay. On to the Amy Winehouse biopic. So the teaser was no the trailer. Why do I keep getting those words mixed up? The trailer was released in full. I'm sure there'll be a couple more bits to be released before the movie's actually out. But the trailer came out this week to say the reaction has been awful. In fairness, though, I do think this project has kind of been cursed from literally the first time anything about the project was ever printed people have people really hold amy so dearly in their hearts and i think that's just a testament to her work and her voice and her songwriting like she was always so vulnerable with her work so i think when you've been listening to someone like that and then just kind of thinking of how she had her little struggles and stuff like that i do think people have ownership over her because she was so raw and personable that we all kind of feel nearly like she's a friend. And I think as well, like, sometimes you you reach out for her music when you're feeling down or, like, you really want to go through your feelings. You know, you want to put on your records and, like, fucking cry about that boy. Like, it's that kind of vibe. So she definitely is, like, a friend to us all. So I think people feel very... They have, like, ownership over her. And when the film... when it was When it was announced that they were making a film from the very, very start, I think everyone online... Just was having none of it. Now, there is a really, really gorgeous documentary that a lot of people might have seen. It's by Asif Kapadia. It's just simply called Amy and it's absolutely gorgeous. I think it really is. I think it is the piece of work that people will go to when they want to kind of, you know, discover Amy for like in future generations. I think it really, really, really captures her talent, her skill, her voice her humor. Yeah, she was addicted to drugs for certain periods in her life and she did have really, really dark times. But that's not her, that's not who she was. That was just one kind of aspect of what went on in her life. I think in that Amy documentary by Asif Kapadia that it just kind of shows how funny she was. Like she was a fucking gas bitch, do you know? And she was happy and she was creative and she was ironic and intelligent and smart and witty. And it's just not all about drugs and sorrow, you know? So I'm dying to see the movie, but I really think it has been doomed from the start, which, which isn't fair either. You know, that kind of way. It's like, People have just decided that this is a piece of shit and like we hate it, but I do think it's important to kind of see see it first because it could be really, really good. Now, I don't know about the casting. Amy's played by Marissa Abella. So was, she's kind of like a new actress. She was in the Barbie movie. That's all I know. She played like a background Barbie and she's been in a couple of productions in the UK, but nothing major. So this is her first big role. I think the costumes and the hair look okay-ish, like acceptable. I don't know, does she really kind of, look like Amy, but then also it's like it's not really about looking like someone. It's kind of about just capturing their essence and their soul and their personality. And I hope that this young actress has the charisma And the humor to really pull off amy because that's exactly what amy was she was so charismatic and wickedly funny so we'll see anyway the movie was directed by sam taylor johnson who has previously directed 50 shades of gray but she's more so known for marrying aaron taylor johnson they famously met when he was like 17 and she was like i think she was like in her 40s anyway she's a bit of a gas bitch they've they've been together for years yeah they got married in 2012 god they're together years see it does work. But that was always kind of a controversial topic. A lot of people had their opinions online about those two. Anytime she comes out with any work, you kind of see it online. People giving out about her, saying things, whatever. Um, She previously directed, like I said, Fifty Shades of Grey and Nowhere Boy, which was a biopic on John Lennon. You know, not that I've seen that. I'm not really into John Lennon. But I definitely think let's see the movie and see how it goes. But I don't think it's going to go down well. I don't think it's going to get good reviews. I think a lot of people will watch it out of curiosity. But... Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be the one. I don't think it's going to be the two, the three, the four, or the five. I think if you want to really fuck with Amy Winehouse, just listen to her music, you know. Guys, will we end the movie talk there? Has that been enough? Carla's fallen asleep. Ariana Grande released her new single, yes, and it's such an Ariana Grande title. Snobby, obnoxious, boring, vapid, soulless. Oh my God, I'm only messing. I just don't really fuck with Ariana Grande at all she's doing the whole house music thing which i love and the single and the video it's kind of an homage to like michael jackson janet jackson paula abdil randomly i think we should do a whole episode on paula abdil she is fascinating um who else Azealia banks guys the fucking anna wintour video she's referencing a lot of people the sound was um she's going for vogue you know by chef pettibone i like it i do like it i think the vocal i don't really ever enjoy her vocals but i love the production i love the background i think it's going to be fun to play i haven't played it yet but i think the gays are going to go crazy so best of luck to you ariana grande and then also guys i do think we should speak about britney spears less like i just feel like the less we hear about britney spears the better she is free she's living her life she's doing her thing and for that I'm so thankful, but I just think we should stop speculating on what's going on in her life. We should stop reporting on what's going on in her life. I think we should just let her be. It's tragic and sad, and I think she's had her say. She's released her book, and I think she's very, very happy to be just kind of living her life, doing her daily bits. I don't think she wants to be Princess Superstar of the world. She's been there. She's done that. No one did it better, and I think we should just kind of leave her alone, but I do think we should talk about her art. And the work that she's put out so basically this week baby one more time had its 25th anniversary so 25 years of her debut album it was released in 1999 on the 12th of january and britney was just 17 when it was released it debuted at number one on the billboard album charts and it sold 121,000 copies in its first week it actually went on to sell over 34 million copies globally like that's absolutely huge it's the best-selling female debut of all time, and she was the first female artist to achieve a number one single and album simultaneously. Like, that's crazy. If you think about Taylor Swift now, Taylor Swift has a number one album and single every time she releases an album and a single. Britney Spears was the first bleeding girl out to do it. Um, Rowland Stone's name "Baby one more time, the greatest debut single of all time, and by, Guinness Book, by the Guinness Book of World Records, she is the best-selling teenage artist of all time. I just think we don't give her enough kudos for the work that she's done and the work that she's put out. She co out a lot of tracks on her debut album. She was literally like a, a 15-year-old kid shipped from fucking Louisiana over to Sweden to work with Max Martin. She was one of the first kind of female girlies to work with Max Martin. Everyone is working with Max Martin now. Ariana Grande's new single is produced by Max. Like everyone wants a piece of Max and she was kind of the first girly to really kind of shine with him i think that album is an absolute timeless classic now it's very bubblegum pop it's not like you'd play it all the time but i just think kudos to britney she's the absolute girly she is the original doll and yeah i think leave her let her be but um 25 years of baby one more time oh um gee guys this was so much fun recording feel like we're talking about films a lot on this podcast and like i am not I'm, Carl, <laughs> I'm buff, but I'm not a film buff. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not a movie girl. I'm really not, but I don't know. Maybe it's just like lots of good movies out. At the minute that I'm like invested in, involved in. And guys, I know I talked a lot about Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott on the Saltburn episode. I was like, oh my God, I'm team Barry Keoghan for life. But I am very curious as to what All of Us Strangers is like. The premiere was this weekend in Dublin. James was actually there, James Cav. So I think we should ring. Will we ring James and see what he has to say about the film? He might answer. He might be like Billy Fuck Off. Oh my god. He's probably like Billy Fuck Off. Hi. Hey Gorge. How are ya? What's the fucking quacky wacky? Am I live? You are live on OMG with Billy Bunzari Please do not swear. What's the quack, my love? i'm good i'm just dying in bed at home um i had a sherry or two last night how was it you were at the premiere of all of us strangers where was it james in lighthouse yeah it was in the lighthouse and
1: when i got invited to it initially they were like oh we're gonna have some special guests at it and i was like oh would they be there because there's so much award shit going on in la i was like but they were there andrew scott and paul sexy mescal um came and yeah it was in the big there was two screenings of it. There was one for the gays uh, film festival of Affairs, and then the, in the big, big screening. And uh, yeah, the whole the whole shebang were there. Brendan Courtney was hosting. It. I saw
0: Brendan hosting. What an angel!
1: Yeah, he's just so good. He should get into that more.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. He should really be. He should really nurture that the whole presenting yes. thing he's amazing and come here what were the guys like what was paul mescal like and andrew scott were they just like hanging out key keen did they come in at the end like how does it work so they came in at the very start oh, okay and we were all seated and then brandon was like okay everyone welcome
1: to uh, the premiere of of the movie and then he introduced paul and andrew came in and they had a gorgeous little chat up the front and Andrew started crying. Um,
0: he was kind of sick because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah, not
1: to give too much away, but
0: yeah. It's it's kind of about uh, his
1: parents and them not being so accepting of his sexuality. And he just said it resonated a lot with him because when he was growing up, you know, you couldn't really hold someone's hand in Dublin going around like your your same sex partner's hand. Yeah. So he started getting all blubbery, and he had a little cry. It was kind of cute.
0: Oh, that's amazing! That's like proper like touching like. V, v- touching. V and touching. Looked stunning. Yeah, I did. I did um, think that myself. Yeah, I love Paul's blazer, um,
1: or Paul's suit really but um yeah and then the movie itself
0: was... yeah what's your thoughts um it's it's very sad okay uh, i didn't know i didn't know anything about it i i i was just kind of waiting out james do, like do you do you remember when we were i don't know i think we were on the way to electric picnic and the 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 trailer dropped and the two of us we were just in the car and we were like
1: oh
0: <gasps> we were shook it's like, it's your kind of music as well, and my, oh, my kind of music. Amazing. It's, it's, it's all Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, Pet Shop Boys. eighty
1: kind of gay bangers. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, the movie, It's as I said, I didn't know what I was getting into. I kind of thought it was just like, a, you know, two gays. Yeah, fight, having a ball. It's quite dark. Okay. Um, like, I'd, I'd never,
0: i I'd I'd never experienced a whole cinema crying before. Oh, Everyone fuck. Would, was bawling. Now okay. I was locked. Okay, so amazing. <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on. I actually texted <laughs> Louise with and
1: I was like, Louise, can you fill me in on the end? But the great great sexy scenes. Amazing. Um loads of you know the shit we care about, lovely kisses.
0: And like they were going for it. Oh, amazing. The real. Is there full frontal I- James? No, unfortunately not. All right. You, you see That's me. You. A, a glimpse of ass now and again. Okay, amazing, amazing. And yeah. c- come here. What was I going to say? What? <laughs> what would you, if you had to know? This is terrible for me to do. To pit two yeah. things against each other: Saltburn yeah. or All of Us Strangers. Which do you think is the better film? Saltburn. Oh my god, amazing! I hope you'd say so. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's just less harrowing Saltburn for me.
1: Yeah amazing but you know what they are like chalk and cheese they are completely different
0: films yeah no that's fair absolutely it's like two children you know exactly I yeah. wouldn't watch I wouldn't watch that again Yes. Yeah. so heavy okay.
1: for a and I'd watch once a year you yeah know?
0: you could have it on all the time yeah you yeah. could
1: have it
0: on have a little wank yeah <laughs> amazing and come here did you go out after did you party last night did I miss anything so we went to Love Tempo. Oh, my God. I saw. Wh- were they there? I saw a picture of Lisa up with the two guys. There. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, I actually went up to... They were in the snug
1: at the front of Love Tempo, and the barman was like, oh, look, Andrew Scott and Paul Messer in there. So, I was staring in at them, and I was swaying. I was, had so many cherries. <laughs> Amazing. So, I, I go up to the bouncer, and I'm like, hi, I'm so sorry I'm late. Um, I have to get by. And... They're they're like sorry, what's your name? I was like, oh, my name is James Cavanaugh. And I, whenever the snug door opened, I'd wave at no one, so it looked like I was like be- trying to get in. Like, sorry, I'm so
0: late. Yeah, my people are in there. Hello. My people, Paul. Hi. <laughs> you know, so didn't get into the snug. Oh. Unfortunately. Next but time, I saw babes. Them from afar, and they were having a ball. They went to the workman's after. Oh my god! So the girlies were on the sesh. Sesh, PJ. You know, PJ. He was arranging their knife for them. Oh my God, fuck off. How did he land that job? That's random, but amazing. I
1: I know, he's...
0: Come on, girls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, Girls. Girls, come on. We've got to go to workman's, girls. (laughs) Oh my God, that was more Jamaican than it was Cork. What the fuck? Apparently he's like, Oh, I don't know where to I didn't know where to bring them, (laughs) sweetie. Good choice, love, tempo though. Oh, he's an angel. He's an angel. And then
1: they they went to... Apparently they went to the workman's at 3 a.m. There's a
0: bit of scoop here. Oh my God, amazing. Amazing. Make, Make the workman's gay again. Amazing. James, come here. Thanks so much for coming on the pod and telling us your thoughts on all of us strangers. I'm definitely going to go and see it myself. But I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to wait until I'm in, like, you know, a better mood. Maybe till February so I can handle the harrowing don't element don't of it be all. Hungover. Yeah, don't be vulnerable. Be in your best. Be yeah. Amazing. James, you are mother. We love you to bits. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your hangover. Bye, listeners. So for any of the girlies out there who are finding it hard this time of year. Brighter days are coming quite literally. I think, I don't know, I heard some... I think by, like... I think is it February starts to get dark at 7 o'clock as opposed to, like, fucking half five. Yeah, March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, Jan. Anyway, what I'm saying is spring is just around the corner and that's when I come into myself, guys. I just really, really cannot stand the cold. Like, I cannot do cold. Like, I just can't. Like, it makes me... like. It makes me like anxious when I feel cold. Like I can't explain it. I can't do my bits. I can't be myself. I can't just run around. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, but I hope everyone is having a lovely January so far. Like I said, thanks for all the love on just the podcast in general. Like it's been an absolute ball. Thanks to my amazing sound guy, Carl, who's sitting here smiling at me. He's delighted. We're wrapping up. And to my amazing designer, Luke. And yeah, no more movie talk next week, like I said um but yeah send me messages share the podcast tell your friends share the love i love you guys hit it brittany